Hey guys, and welcome to Parent Q Live. My name is Carlos Enrique Whitaker Guzman Archibald Cabello. That's going to be the easiest way for you guys to remember. Instead of me saying Carlos Enrique Guzman Cabello, or Los for short. And I'm your host this week on Parent Q Live. And obviously, when I'm by myself, Kristen, my regular co host, can't tell me what to do or what not to do. So I'm just going to do what I want to do. And that means we're going to have a little bit of fun in the intro here. I am a father of a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, and an 11-year-old. So I'm kind of in the middle of like the kind of drama season of parenting, right? Kristen, who's our normal co-host, is actually, uh, you know what? I don't, she's going to kill me because I don't remember how old her kids are. I think they're like eight five and two maybe or something like that but she's on the lower end of the spectrum where it's not necessarily drama it's more chaos and we are the hosts of the parent Q live podcast and so oh we're not experts we are just here to carry on the conversation with you guys uh and that's what we're going to do today and you know what let's just be honest this is going to be a little bit deeper of a conversation than we normally get into when, and when i say deeper um not deeper in the sense of we are um you know the other conversations aren't as important i'm just saying that what we're going to talk about today you notice i haven't told you what it is yet because i'm trying to keep you on pins and needles what we're talking about today is is actually very, very, very important in the church today, but also it is very, very, very pushed under the rug, and uh, and and it really affects. I'm not I'm not the stat guy. That's Christian, but I would say when I, if I look at my kids' friends, it affects almost half of their lives. What is it? Yeah, we are going to be talking about parenting through divorce today, and so. Listen, this is a conversation that um, I'll just go ahead and say this up front. Um, we we, we want to remind you guys that we're not here to take a stand on a topic, okay? What we're here to do is to help you parent your kids through the reality of these topics. That's a little bit different, right? So we're not here to get on a high horse and tell you what we believe when it comes to divorce or this or that. No, 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 no. Divorce happens. And since it happens, we want to help you guys parent through those moments. And so that's what we're going to do. We're actually going to be talking to Tony Newhoff. And uh, Tony is a is, is a family and divorce lawyer uh, up in Canada. And so she deals with this a lot, but she also is a parent and she sees how parenting through divorce can affect a child positively or negatively and how you can pull a kid in one direction or the other. So I'm really interested uh, to honestly sit back myself and listen to this conversation with Tony Newhoff. Hopefully you guys get a lot out of it. If you know somebody that is going through this, it's a painful process. Send them the link to this podcast and allow them to get a little bit of hope as well. Hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Tony, thank you so much for being here with us to have this conversation today. Oh, Kristen, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I know that a few years ago, I had an opportunity. We were sitting at dinner, and I first found out about what you do and your profession, and I was just absolutely fascinated. I was so intrigued, um, and there were so many questions I wanted to ask. And ever since then, I've wanted to have more follow-up conversations with you because you are doing something that I think is really unique and you have this life experience that I wish everybody I know could listen to. Um, and it has to do with how to have a divorce and how to divorce 
how to parent through a divorce, really, how to be a good parent and to navigate this for your family. And I know a lot of our listeners uh, might be asking why we're talking about this topic. And uh, we just wanted to start off by saying this isn't going to be a moral stance about divorce. We're not really answering the question whether you should get a divorce or shouldn't get a divorce. Uh, But we just know that about half of all the kids in the United States will witness their parents get a divorce while they're still in the home. Uh, Divorce was part of my own story. My parents separated when I was in middle school. I have a lot of friends who've, uh, you know, they've found themselves in the middle of this as part of their story. And um, I think it's just something that it's too important for us not to really talk about. So for our listeners who, who aren't familiar with what you do for your profession, can you tell them just a little bit about what you do? Sure, Kristen. And I just want to say thanks for having me today. Um, I work as a divorce attorney or for your Canadian listeners, we would call I would call myself a family lawyer. And so I help uh, people through the difficult journey of separation. And so I've um, I'm involved with the parenting issues as well as all the financial issues. Now, there's something unique about your approach, though. Um, because you felt like you were working for an organization that was just a little bit um, unconventional? Uh, Yeah, I do work for um, a law firm that focuses on collaborative practice. Um, Well, we we are a wide family law service, but um, we include collaborative practice, and that's my personal focus. So we work to uh, to help people through their separation in a way that um, focuses on the needs of the kids, on preserving the parenting relationship, on uh, maintaining um, peace, and um, trying to promote healthy relationships between all the family members. Now, Tony, what drew you into this? I mean, what really made you feel like this was something that you wanted to give your life to, that you wanted to be a part of a collaborative, unique approach to helping families go through something that's oftentimes really, really challenging? I, I think it's just my my passion for peacemaking. Um, it's a passion for... Um, uh, speaking on behalf of the kids, frankly, I mean, I, I know that there, um, you have uh, a whole audience of parents who love their kids and that's their focus. But sometimes parents need help, mm-hmm. uh, especially if they're going through such a difficult, chaotic time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love is a, an emotion that we all feel. I mean, I know even as a parent, for me, um, that I love my kids is unquestioning. They have my whole heart. Mm-hmm. And, and, there are just seasons of life where it's challenging and difficult to know maybe how to do that well. Um, because mm-hmm. we come along with all of our baggage just as adult people going through life. Um, and so this is just one of those kind of scenarios that so many times we didn't anticipate being part of our story or we didn't think it was going to be something we would have to learn how to do. Um, and so it's easy to feel ill-equipped. Uh, What do you find are some of the biggest challenges for you when you're dealing with families who are going through separation? um, What are the challenges of a collaborative approach? What makes this especially difficult? It's, uh, wow, that's a a tough question to answer, really, because people are so individual. 
Um, and so in, in terms of barriers, I think uh, sometimes people feel very uh, vulnerable and maybe um, fearful or um, even angry about having um, people outside their family involved in their family. So I think some people find it very difficult to, for example, reach out to uh, a family professional or a counselor and, um, you know, to trust them. Uh, I think sometimes there are financial barriers and, uh, you know, I really do appreciate and respect that it's also often a very, very challenging financial time for people when they're going through a separation. Um, and uh, sometimes the there's um, a complete breakdown in trust between parents, um, particularly if there's been uh, you know, some, some dishonesty prior to the breakup, if there's been an affair, uh, if there's been, um, you know, money diverted or stolen away from the family, it's all, all of those circumstances really erode trust. And so that makes it difficult for parents to work together. Yeah. Now, what do you find are, um, some helpful pieces that you would lean into parents to say, okay, in spite of all of this, um, here's something to maybe hold or keep in mind to keep focused on why, uh, why you can, why you have to keep fighting for trust. I think the most unifying force that I see is the parents love for their kids. Mm -hmm. So I, I, usually if there's a way to get through, it is by focusing on the best interests of the kids. Um, so, uh, you know, if, uh, if parents just keep in mind that, you know, the, the depth of your, um, love for your kids, um, is not yours alone. Your child has two parents. Um, you know, the other parent also really loves and values that relationship with your kid and with your kids, sorry. And so, uh, it's just maybe empathy, you know, trying to maintain empathy at a very difficult time. Sometimes you can't do that on your own. You actually need to have, um, support people and, you know, and, and meaningful ways of making it easy on yourself when you're going through a difficult time. Yeah. I, I watched my parents have to navigate through this. And so maybe there's just a piece in me that, that has empathy for the parent, because I think it's almost one of the hardest things that I can imagine having to do to mm -hmm. sit across the table from someone who maybe has hurt you so deeply um, mm -hmm. and also begin to have really hard practical conversations about outlining, you know, your life moving forward and also keeping the best interest of someone else at heart right in the middle of when you feel like you're grieving, when you feel like you're wounded, when you feel like your trust is broken down, when you feel like the odds are against you and you're um, dealing on, on so many levels. Um, mm -hmm. A number of things that feel personal and so um, I also just deep in my heart always want to tell my friends and my parents that are going through this you know that that this is hard but it's worth it and to keep going I was recently having a conversation with a friend of mine um, who just uh, finalized a divorce and she was sharing with me some of the things that she had done and I was just so impressed and blown away at 
the way that she maintained perspective in some moments. Um, that mm-hmm. way, I, I mean, I just felt in awe. I thought, man, I wish I could be that good of a parent when, when I just have a bad day, you know, let alone yeah. multiple bad days on end. And so uh, have you ever seen parents that just did this really well? What did they do? Uh, great question. Uh, I've had a parent tell me from the outset that uh, what they want to do is make sure that their kids feel like they still have a family mm-hmm. once the divorce goes through. And so that was, uh, a, you know, it, it's an overriding value that um, he could fasten on to through the negotiations. Uh, it's, you know, it's not easy to do. And sometimes, yeah, you actually have to take a break in the process. Um, when parents are, are grieving, they go through different stages of grief. So typically when a parent is in one of the first two stages and that those are, you know, where you're in anger, shock, denial, um, those, those extreme emotions, uh, sometimes th- that's, that's a period where you need to step back and not negotiate, where you actually just need to um, allow some time and even do the, the work of healing, you know, wow. some level of emotional healing before moving forward. Um, if uh, some parents unfortunately fall into the trap of just wanting to have this done and over with and, you know, slam the door shut and leave it behind. But in the the chaos that that can create by trying to just do it all at once and get it done with doesn't help the situation. Because if you, you know, haven't reached the level of healing where you can actually just focus on the needs of the kids, then you may be causing more harm than than good. That's great. That's a good uh, a good word. I, I wonder sometimes about what are those pitfalls because um, you don't really know what is at stake in the process when you first start into it. I mean, what are some of the things that you see? One would be trying to get it over with and done too quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sign yeah. online fast and just rip the Band-Aid off. Um, what are other things that you feel like get in the way as parents go through this process of them really going through it the way that they would have maybe wanted to? The, the extremes of the emotion are, you know, is one of the main things. Um, but there's also financial pressures. And so sometimes I think, um, parents try to deal with the emotional issues by focusing on the financials. And for example, I need to be in a new house and um, and then everything else falls out from there. So, you know, the we have to get through all of these negotiations because I need the separation agreement, because I need the financing from the bank, because, you know, I need to get the financing for this new house. In the meantime, there's a lot of emotional fallout um, if that's the driving force. So I, I would actually tell, I do tell my clients to make some temporary arrangements, but don't put pressure on yourselves for financial reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Try to either rent space or set up a temporary arrangement with family or friends so that you take that pressure off so that you can focus on your kids and make sure they're doing okay and make sure you're taking good care of yourself. Like, are you 
eating a good diet? Are you still getting in some exercise? Are you sleeping as well as you can? You know, go and see the doctor if you need some some help with any of those areas. And um, it's, you know, through getting support, um, you know, making sure you don't just turn a blind eye to the emotional issues, um, because the risk is if you do that, there it's the, the turmoil is going to seep out through the cracks and your kids are going to be there. Wow. What are some other things that you get? That's such great advice. What's some other advice that you would say is so um, foundational to making sure you go through the process well? I would say making sure that you are not isolated. Um, I do find I have um, some clients who are so well-intentioned. They want to provide well for their kids. And so, you know, they're working hard, they're parenting, uh, and it's taking up most of their life life. So they haven't really had time to maintain meaningful friendships. Um, they may not have the support of family members nearby, um, or haven't been reaching out to family. And so they, you know, being well-intentioned, they've still ended up isolated. I just find that nothing good happens when people are isolated and especially, especially going through a divorce. Um, you really need to have, you know, one or two or three, um, people who you can really, really, uh, talk to in a meaningful way, um, and trust to get feedback. Um, because you need to have people in, in your life who will actually be honest with you, um, you know, who will help expose your blind spots. Um, and while you're separating, it's just so vital to not go through it alone. That's great. That's such good advice. I know I watched, um, even in my own family and I, you know, I think my parents would be okay with me sharing this. Um, but as they separated, there was a sense of guilt that I saw that they each carried. Um, Mm -hmm. and as the child of of their divorce, I, I, remember thinking I wish they knew that I don't hold them as accountable as they're holding themselves for this Mm -hmm. Um, because guilt was so corrosive and so um, trying to navigate through both grief and guilt simultaneously is a Mm -hmm. challenge how would you help how would you tell someone you know how can you you deal with that um, for your own sake and for the sake of your family I uh, feel like a broken record sometimes in my practice, um, telling people to really seek out a, a good counselor that they trust, who they have a good connection with. Um, sometimes finding a good counselor is um, a bit of hard work, but it's very worthwhile. Um, so, you know, I think in dealing with those, the strong emotions of the separation, but also, you know, the guilt and other, um, you know, the emotions that, that come into play, play between parents, uh, it's so helpful to have a professional at times. I'm not saying it has to be a long ongoing, uh, you know, forever relationship. I'm just saying that at, you know, in that season, it's really important to um, to get some help from a professional. Now, where do where do you go to find a professional? I mean, you know, it's just that simple. I know some people, times people are going, to, well, I want to reach out and find a, a counselor. How do I even begin to do that? Uh, I I think any um, family lawyer or divorce attorney would have um, two or three people they would refer people to, um, but also um, pastors. 
typically would have a network. Um, anyone who's involved in pastoral care, uh, also, you know, pastoral care at, at your local church would have a network. Uh, and then there's community service agencies who, uh, now I'm not sure um, the specific names um, in the U.S., Kristen, because here I am in Ontario, and the, the Ontario names are not going to help you very much, but community service organizations that provide services for parents who are going through separation. Um, usually there's also resources on government websites. Uh, so that's a, there's a that's few ideas. Well, I think it's helpful for multiple ideas because one of the best advice I remember someone giving me one time was that a counseling relationship is like any relationship. You, there has to be a certain level of chemistry and and comfort. And so um, when you mentioned that it's hard work, I, I immediately went back there in my mind to that advice because it was so good to go, you know what, if there's not a connection or a level of comfort, just try again until you can find mm-hmm. it. So that's, yes. that's helpful. So if you were talking to a parent who was just um, beginning this process or in the middle of going through a divorce and you could tell them one piece of advice, what would be the piece of advice that you would hold to? And you, you probably already alluded to it, but, but what would be the one thing you would want to make sure they heard loud and clear? Well, I think primarily I, I've, I want parents to really be explicit with their kids about um, their how much they love them, but not only like mommy loves you, but also mommy and daddy love you. It's really important to reinforce that the child's not isolated and now it's not just a, um, you know, a child one parent relationship. It's each parent really needs to acknowledge and, and highlight and make, make the child feel secure about their relationship with the other parent. That's part of their overall security. And it's so, so vital that kids not hear either or even overhear um, one parent running down the other parent. Um, because it's, it's such an easy thing to do when you're in the midst of that turmoil. Um, but if, if your child is hearing that the, there's some way that the other parent is no good or that there's a defect deep down that child realizes that that defectiveness potentially impacts me. And so it, you don't want, you definitely, I know that your listeners don't want your, you don't want your kids to feel like they're partly, that there's something wrong with them. Um, and so that's the message that they, um, they will start to hear. And it's, and that's why I'm, I, I would tell parents to make sure they say, mommy and daddy both love you. Um, you know, be excited for your kid's time with, your ex, um, help them to value the relationships they have, you know, when they're with your ex, when they're with you. Um, and, and also I would say, um, Kristen, this is sort of jumping topics a bit, but your kids don't need you to be perfect. They just need you to be available. Wow. Wow. So let yourself off the hook and nobody's going to be perfect, but if you can just be present during your time with your kids will help them so much. That is incredible advice. And Tony, some of that works for us, whether we're going through a divorce or not. I think (laughs) (laughs) so true to celebrate your kids, other 
parent, uh, regardless, is just a really, really important principle to hold on to. And I would ask kind of a similar question for those of us, maybe divorce isn't the issue, but we're parenting through something that's really hard. I mean, life throws a lot of stuff at us uh, Mm -hmm. and we don't get to kind of put parenting on pause. It's the one job you can never check out of and just walk away from. And so if you, if you become a parent in the middle of all of life's hardships, whether that's losing someone you love or receiving a bad diagnosis or processing a move or losing a job, um, you still have little kids um, who depend on you And a lot of what you're saying really does apply to those situations as well. Some of it's very specific. Um, But in those moments, what do you find is important for all of us to remember when we have to parent through um, a difficult trying season personally? I I would imagine um, people... This is going to sound like it's coming out of left field, Kristen, but people don't necessarily realize that their kids have are, are so acutely aware of their environment and they hear more than you think they hear. Um, they see more than you think they see. So um, when you're going through a difficult time, it's important to make sure you maintain connections with other people, but also don't count on your kids being asleep when they're in bed. You know, don't, um, uh, when they're in a different room, uh, it's really important to just make sure you take into account how aware they are. And if it's possible to have difficult conversations or adult conversations um, completely away from the house, just to prevent your kids from overhearing, it really is a better way to um, help protect them. Uh, It's amazing. I think sometimes parents are shocked by um, how much their children do know. And and actually, kids who are going through a separation um, will not necessarily let their parents know Um, what they've heard, but it may show up in their behavior. Tony, you talked about rushing through and rushing ahead to get a new home and having to figure out where you're going to live in a residence is actually kind of a big issue when you're dealing with a divorce. So what are some ways that you've seen families do that part well? Well, that's a good question, Kristen. Um, I I think the, the option that I always raise, and I usually only have a few clients take me up on it, but I wish more of them would, um, is is a, a nesting arrangement. So we would call it a like a temporary nesting arrangement. And it means that the kids stay in the home and the parents take turns moving in and out of um, their home while they're negotiating and trying to come up with the final um, agreement, you know, including the parenting issues and the financial issues. And the, the real advantage that it has for the kids is that they uh, get to stay put in a familiar home in their same school, you know, with their friends. Uh, So for them, it really provides a completely different experience than it would if mom moved out and they moved with mom and then dad moved out and they they had to live with dad and they live with mom and dad in different residences um, temporarily until they each find their own home. Mm -hmm. So the nesting arrangement just gives the kids that additional time and stability to 
adjust to the new reality of their parents' divorce. That's great. I love considering what you can keep familiar or consistent, especially um, with younger children in the home, for sure. Thank you, and thank you for joining us to answer some very, very hard questions um, (laughs) about this topic and about what it looks like to go through divorce. Tony, I'm so grateful for the work that you do and the families that we've known that you've impacted um, as they wrestle with this uh, and try to do what everything that it's in their power to do to fight for family. So thank mm-hmm. you. Well, thank you for everything you do, Kristen. Uh, I know there's a lot of families that are a lot better off because of the work that you and Orange are doing. So thank you. Okay, Tony, we'll look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Wow, I absolutely loved the depth to which they just went on that interview and conversation. You know, Tony, um, she she does this for a living, and we just want to say thank you again for taking the time to have this conversation with us, because here's the deal, guys. Um, as you get it, and as I get it, parenting is, is, is really difficult when there's two. Uh, it's even more difficult uh, when, when there's just one, and so... All we're trying to do here on Parent Q is to have the conversation this week um, that, that, that really helps you both, no matter what state your relationship is, parent your kids in the best way possible. What I love about the cue that we just received from Tony is it's really simple, but it doesn't mean that it's going to feel good. Uh, but here's the cue, and it's, it's, it is simple. Really, we want you to help the other parent win. That, that's what we want to happen because your kids need two parents that are winning. And if you in any way, shape or form can help that process, that's what we want you guys to do. Divorced or married, it really doesn't matter. Both mom and dad, you know, as you're talking to your kids, they both love you and they're excited for you. I'll go and tell you myself when many years ago, um, you know, we, I even talked about this in another podcast when my marriage was suffering. Um, I'll just never forget Um, I made up a song for my kids and when they were again a little frightened at the situation that was ahead of them and they knew that our marriage was in a really rocky space I actually came up with a song that I said the mommy's gonna be okay now remember my kids are really little at this point but I had them sing this mommy's gonna be okay daddy's gonna be okay I'm gonna be okay we're all gonna be okay and what that really did was just give my kids a safe space and a stable, a stable space to stand. So that's going to be the cue for you guys this week is really to help the other parent win. So there is the cue, help the other parent win. Listen, guys, uh, this is a really deep conversation. We're going to have a recap of this episode uh, in the show notes. You guys can head over to theparentq.org slash episode 45. Thank you guys so much for listening to Parent Q Live. If this podcast has been helpful for you, you know, if you know somebody that's going through this, make sure you guys send them a link um, to the podcast. We would love for you guys to share this. And again, if it's encouraged you, please leave us a review. 
wherever you listen to the podcast as well. Subscribe on iTunes and uh, leave us a rating as well. Listen, Carlos Whitaker here. Thank you for going a little bit deeper today into some darker and harder places. Um, we, we, we celebrate where you guys are at and we just want to help you guys, again, do family better. For Kristen Ivey, Carlos Whitaker saying we'll see you guys next time on Parent Q Live. Mm-hmm.